Welcome or welcome back to Pre-Arb Excellence, a Roots-based Chicago Cubs podcast with an eye on player development. Pull up a chair while I take a deeper dive into the concerns for the team's present and future. Questions are always welcome, whether on Twitter, Tim815 on the Anchor Contest Line, or on my Facebook, Pre-Arb Excellence Group. Thanks for stopping by for today's episode, Old Business and a Spending Increase, and ask me questions if I was confusing. I talk periodically about how you find you realize for yourself what seems to make sense based on the information that you have. As information changes, you adjust on the fly. Now, information can change either based on moves that violate what you'd been saying before, or information that comes in that conflicts with what you'd been working with before. So, for instance, when I assess Cubs trades, I use the one trade that Jed Hoyer has made, and I assess that he is principally interested in young players with a possible cost offset for one of the players that's going the other direction, because that's what happened in the one trade. If the Cubs make another trade and that completely blows up my assessment, then I have to go back to the drawing board. But I haven't had to go back to the drawing board yet because there haven't been any other trades. However, 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 with the Jack Peterson trade today, which the Cubs spent more than $1.5 million, um there was going to have to be an adjustment, an assessment, a reassessment anyway. And shortly thereafter, actually, I don't know which news came out first because I wasn't I wasn't paying attention before the Peterson signing. So I don't know which news broke first, whether it was the Peterson signing or whether that the Cubs were going to be spending a bit more money. Uh, I, I love to... I love to speculate on stuff, and I try to tell you when I'm speculating. I think you, you're, you're smart enough to be able to tell why I'm speculating, even if I don't say it. But I, I'm completely good with speculating. And with the Cubs having more spending money, right as the GameStop stock had its shares frozen because it went up too quickly or I have no idea what's going on there. I don't do the financial channels much anymore. But um I I'm just I'm speculating that Tom Ricketts made like 8.7 billion dollars on GameStop and he's going to be able to now spend more money on the roster. Perhaps that's not it, but until I have better information that explains everything. But uh, Tom Ricketts seems more willing to spend on the roster. And he spent to get Jack Peterson, who will be serviceable at least in left field, center field, wherever. And we'll see how it goes. Um, but yeah, I'm speculating it was probably something stock market related and he stumbled into some money or what, whatever it was. But um, the Cubs are now willing to spend more money. And since that is understood, 
not only does it help with the the budget for 2021, but if Ricketts is actually willing to spend more money, I doubt he would be spending more money on 2021 at the exclusion of spending more money in 2022, 2023, etc. Again, speculating could be that he has money that he has to burn by August 31st or else someone will take the money back. I, I doubt that's the case. But if the Cubs are going to be able to spend a bit more money, that helps not only with the roster now, but if they do end up making trades, it makes it easier to make an to make a trade because if you have a team that really doesn't want to take on extra salary, then the Cubs can say, how about this? We'll take on the extra salary. You give us a, an extra good prospect. Either way, having ownership more willing to spend on this or that regarding the roster is a good thing. So yeah, that's cool. The old business, two bits of old business that I want to toss in as well. Um, the... Cole Stewart, Cole Stewart signing, $700,000 as per Arizona Phil. And if you're doing your homework better than I have been doing my homework the last day and a half, you probably already knew this. Cole Stewart has two minor league options remaining. So if Stewart is struggling in spring training, they aren't required to send him away, as would be the case with, for instance, Dylan Maples. If Maples does not make the major league roster, he will have to be run through waivers, presumably designated for assignment, and then run through waivers, because that's how it usually ends up working. Dylan Maples is on the DFA bubble because he's out of minor league options. Cole Stewart still has two, so if he's not getting it done in 2021, Cubs can send him back down. No worries. Um... One other bit of business, I was checking on the international signings. As you very well might know, Christian Hernandez signed a $3 million signing bonus. Good, 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 good. And per the list from MLB, Moises Ballesteros signed a $1.2 million signing bonus. So the Cubs' magic number in international spending is something like 5.3, 5.7 million, something like that. Ballesteros and Hernandez combined for 4.2 million. So the other players, uh, none of the other players that have had their um, numbers officially announced are over 300,000 for the Cubs. So the rest of the players are less than three. Well, see, are they showing three thousands? I think they're showing three hundred thousand. So everyone else is less than three hundred thousand. Again, just a little tiny bit of information. Now, I do want to throw in one more thing regarding Cole Stewart. Occasionally, I bring this up. Occasionally, I don't. I'll bring it up this time. Um, with the labor questions 
regarding 2022. Again, I will mention this occasionally, not all the time. Players who are on the major league roster, if there is a lockout, those players are locked out. They are not allowed to basically do anything. They're not allowed to do anything, at least at the major league site. Presumably, they're not allowed to do anything with major league coaches. But uh, as far as being at the major league site, that is strictly verboten for players on the 40-man roster. And it is the 40-man roster, not the 25-man roster. Or the 26 or the 28 or whatever Rob Manfred decides. So if you have a player like Cole Stewart, who is on the 40-man roster, but maybe he's on the major, maybe he's with the major league team, maybe he's with AAA, maybe he's bouncing back and forth. If there is a lockout, players on the 40-man roster are frozen. Presumably they can't be traded. Presumably they can't, they can't work out. They can't really do anything in a lockout. If there is a strike, then it boils to the player. Does the player want to vote for the strike? In which case, again, they don't do anything. They don't do anything team-related. They don't do any team activities. They don't do anything at the site, whether it would be Wrigley or Mesa. And a player like Cole Stewart, who would be on the 40-man roster but may or may not be on the, the Chicago Cubs, he would be facing the same thing. If he's locked out, he can't work out at the site. If he votes for a strike, he can't work out at the site. The only way he would be able to work out at the site or in the minor leagues or anything along those lines is if he's voting against the strike. Then he could be a um, strike breaker. So as you think of players who are on the 40-man roster or will be on the 40-man roster as of the end of the Rule 5 draft in December, those are the players that have their livelihoods at risk as the negotiations come up. If you have a player who, I'll use Chase Strumpf for an example, if the Cubs in late September call Chase Strumpf up to the 40-man roster, to the 28-man roster, the 26-man roster, but definitely the 40, if the Cubs call up Strumpf to the 40-man roster before the strike happens, before the lockout happens, and then there's a strike or there's a lockout, then he would be in exactly the same situation as Cole Stewart would be, as Wilson Contreras would be, as Nico Horner would be, as anyone else would be who's on the roster. So as you consider what might happen if there is a work stoppage, if a player is on the 40-man roster at the time that there is a change of status, that affects all the players that are on the 40-man roster. So if it gets to be late September and a team's trying to decide... Should we call up this player who wouldn't be required to be on the 40-man roster after the Rule 5 draft 
Just remember that. I'm not going to bring that up every time, but I will bring it up this time. And just before I popped on, I noticed that the Phillies, who have officially announced the signing of JT Real Muto, put Ian Hamilton on waivers, a White Sox draft pick. I had been in favor of the Cubs claiming Ian Hamilton on waivers last year. Now he's been designated for assignment and will presumably be run through waivers again soon. Let's see, what was the, I saw he's throwing 95-3 for an average. You don't have to love Ian Hamilton. You don't have to hate Ian Hamilton. He can be just another guy. He can be a guy who's probably not going to make the team, blah, 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 whatever. But Hamilton has major league experience. He has one option season remaining, presumably 2021. And the Cubs still have three, I think it's three, um, 40-man roster spots available. So just something to think about. Ian Hamilton, yeah, I'd be in favor of the Cubs claiming him. But then I was in favor of the Cubs claiming uh, Pedro, Arayu, uh, Pedro Arajo from the Phillies and um, Ian Garlic. So we'll see if that happens. But no, um, I'm in favor of Ian Hamilton getting signed. Uh, Cole Stewart has two more seasons of option years remaining and the Cubs have more spending they are able to do. Also Moises Ballesteros, $1.2 million signing bonus in case you're trying to track the Cubs international spending this cycle. Thanks for stopping by Pre-Arb Excellence. I'll have another podcast up soon as circumstances warrant. I'll attempt to have that worth your time as well. Be safe. Go Cubs go. And be nice to people.